Y'all, today I'm interviewing Emma Natter, who is the first coach that I ever hired. I think it was in like August of 2016. I was designing wedding stationery and Emma's business was thriving and she had beautiful visuals, which were especially important at this point because if you were in the wedding industry, especially then, I mean, it is true now, but especially then, like having a beautiful cohesive feed was something that everyone was just kind of exploring and figuring out. Emma Natter like broke the internet with her images and she, gosh, guys, she was an amazing coach. I loved working with her so much, but now she has taken all that wisdom, all that experience and created a course, the aesthetic way. I love so much of what she teaches, how she teaches it. And it's so important if you're a creative and you're struggling with like, I call it putting your like smart businesswoman hat on um, and really stepping into like marketing your work, getting yourself out there, getting your stuff seen, sales. She teaches you that in a beautiful way. And I love this interview because we talk a lot about her story and you're going to be really inspired by it because you kind of get to see how she started to go all in in her business and how that's what really made it work, her commitment there. And it's just so beautiful. I'm so grateful that I was able to get her to come on to share this with you guys. And I know you're going to love this episode. Welcome to the Thriving Creative Collective. This is a place for meaningful conversations with successful creatives about the elevated mindset that it takes to run and grow a thriving creative business. Hey, I'm your host, Caroline Vanatta, and I know everybody's talking about mindset and how important it is, but hey, I'm here to share truths, actionable takeaways, and real strategies to help you reach your potential in a way that feels good. When you feel good in your business, Everyone wins, your clients win, you win, and your audience is so attracted to what you have. Let me share with you the secrets to an elevated mindset so you can double your rates, have more time for passion projects, and fall back in love with your business. Your story and how you got started in your business? Yes, of course. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Um, but yeah, like my business started um a few a few years ago like the weird thing i know you're going to ask me about this later about being a mom but i feel like for some reason wanting to start a business and being a mom have been hand in hand for me um the reason i wanted to start a business was because i at the time i was planning to go to law school and then i was like because i'm a writer and so if you're like oh i should do something practical the practical thing is Oh, I guess I should go to law school because <laughs> I was like, maybe I should, maybe I should go for something where I can make a little bit more income and have a better, create some more financial stability for my family. Um, and so, uh, after my baby born was born, I was like, yeah, there's no way I want to spend the next three years working my butt off, never even getting to see my baby and then working at some firm and who knows how long it's going to be before I actually see my kid. And all of a sudden he's like five, this is the only time I will be a mom for the first time, like in my entire existence of a soul. So <laughs> this is, um, this is, I don't want to miss it. So for some reason I was like, well, being, having a business, that means I can spend tons of time with my kids, which is, um, 
in some ways true and other ways not true, which I'm sure you know, have <laughs> felt. <laughs> so anyway, I decided I wanted to do a business. Um, and at the time, the thing that seemed like the easiest would be to start a floral design wedding business. I tried that for a while and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, invested in some different business courses by some big names out there and nothing happened. And then my husband is a teacher and he wanted to get, he, he got this cool job at a charter school in New York city. And so then we moved to New York and um, what seemed like was going to be a really great opportunity for him with great experiences actually ended up being awful. And like, I'd see him coming home. He just wasn't getting the support that he needed. He'd come home totally depressed, edge of a nervous breakdown. And then we were were both just like this, like, you can't go on here. So he eventually quit his job. And at the time, I was still trying to do my business. It had been like eight months since I decided to get serious about it. And like, I wasn't getting hired. I wasn't making any kinds of waves. I felt totally invisible. I couldn't get my name out there at all. I just felt like nobody knew or cared who I was. And it was such a mystery to me how people were making money and getting hired. And part of me was just kind of like, are they all just like lying about it? And we're all just going around pretending like we have clients and we actually don't. Like we're all just pretending we have clients, but we're just like putting on styled shoots to make it look like we're busy. Like what's going on? Um, and that's when, um, when my husband quit, he didn't know what he wanted to do because he was like burnt out from teaching. And so, I mean, it's been so, it, it feels like so long now, but at the time, like I, I was just, totally in sort of the depths of despair. Like I was like, we've just moved across the country. We don't really know anybody here. We've put all of our faith into this one job that my husband had. We figured out what kind of place we could afford based on that salary. And now it's gone. And he doesn't even want to get a job somewhere else because he's so, he's talked about, I mean, I don't want it to sound like some kind of sob story, but it's like, he's had like some PTSD from it. He couldn't pass like a group of school kids without like feeling anxious about it. Like it was a bad experience. And, um, and, and so he was looking into other kinds of things. He's like, Oh, maybe I should try coding or these kinds of things that other things that he had been interested in. But everything that he wanted to do, the kind of training that it would, that it would require was kind of a lot of money. Um, and so we were already like, that was on the table that we were going to spend a lot of money to pivot and change directions. And that's when I was like, well, what if, like, what if we took the money we were going to spend on you and we invested in me instead? Because I do know what I want to do. Like I'm totally lame at this and totally failing, but maybe, maybe if I just had the right person to help me, like, I feel like I could do this. You know, I had this feeling that like, I feel like there's something that I could do. I just am sucking at it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And so uh, we took a big leap. I got on the phone with a coach and, And she said like these magic words that changed everything for me. 
she said, um, she said like, well, what do you want to do with your business? And I said, I want to be able to support my family. And she said, I feel confident that I could support my uh, family if I had one. And so I was like, whoa, holy crap. Like she's not just lying. Mm. You know, we're not all just mm. lying and having pretty pictures. Like there mm. are some people, like people, it might look the same from the outside facade, but on the inside, like some people are actually making this work. Um, so I started working with her. She helped me to create products that people wanted. Um, and so I had like a physical shop. I went to England a few times and bought some antiques that I thought people might be interested in buying. That was really fun and gave me a lot of experience in like trying to, you know, really get into the head of people and be like, oh, what are they, what do they want to buy? What do they not want to buy? Um, and then I also created styling surfaces for photographers. And that was really fun too. It's something that like I've always I don't know. I always felt comfortable like <laughs> making a mess, but like somehow it looked kind of pretty. Mm -hmm. and so I was like, this is the perfect thing for me. <laughs> um, and so all of that gave me all this experience and, and, and those products that I created, um, like that went really well. Like people were telling their friends about it. I had like a lot of organic growth from that and it just kind of took off from there. Um, and then what I figured out is in New York, it sucks to be storing all of that in a little apartment <laughs> and to try to have like a, like there were times where like there were boards all over my living room, all over my bedroom, like drying because I'd had some kind of sale. And that's just like, it just took up the entire apartment all the time. Wow. And it's like, it takes like five, it took like five doors to get from like my apartment just to the car. And like, so if I needed to mail packages and sometimes like the I would have the postman come and pick it up, but sometimes it wouldn't get there. And then I was like always late sending things out. Anyway, it was, it was just like, I was like, <laughs> I am not cut out to be a shop owner. And I, mm -hmm. um, and then I found out that like all of the, the sales and product creation and kind of the branding that goes into that, like I found myself obsessive about it. And um, so then I was like, well, maybe other people could, would find that helpful. And I love to talk mm -hmm. to people and talk through business and, and I was like, whoa, I can like get paid to do that. So um, then that's when I started to do coaching. And so that's been my big thing um, ever since I kind of phased out of those products, the physical products and started working one-on-one -on -one with clients and then eventually um, created a course from like all the experiences that I had with them and what worked for them and stuff like that. So anyway... I, does that, is that a pretty good summation was, of what you're looking for? That was awesome, Emma. Yeah, no. And it's so, I mean, I'm super fascinated by how you were saying when you were doing your floral business, how you were wondering if this is even real, if people really are booking out their calendars and it just took you getting on a call with your coach or just saying that she's doing it. So is that really what was enough for you guys to say, let's go all in, let's do my business? That was one major thing. And then another major thing that I didn't mention is my, my parents happened to come to town um, before, like right when my, my husband was teetering on the edge of like deciding whether to quit or not. Mm -hmm. um, and so they were there for everything sort of falling apart. <laughs> they were like helping us move in. And so they were like, 
you know, we're in New York City and instead of like being out and enjoying themselves, they're like helping us paint our, our, our bedroom. And then I'm just like mm -hmm. sobbing. And, <laughs> and as we were kind of tr talking through everything, like I had, I think one of my biggest blocks was that even though I was like, oh, I want to do this because it felt like the right thing for me to do as a mom, to be a good mom. Mm -hmm. I simultaneously felt like if I do this, if I pursue this, that means I'm a bad mom. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't think my mom or my dad or anybody really explicitly ever told that to me, but I had looked for examples throughout my life of women in careers. And it was hard for me to find women who had a good career and a good marriage and seemed to be um, good moms. Like it seemed like something was a little bit off from the people that I knew and the people that I knew were amazing, but I would look at them and be like, I don't want that kind of relationship with my husband or I don't like, I don't want to never see my kids. And so it seemed like, well, these other examples, like some of the other examples that are more inspiring to me are moms who are not working and are spending all their time at home, um, which is great. And that was like always what I had planned to do because I was like, well, above all, like I want to be a good mom to my kids. Like I don't want to do anything that would keep them from thriving and having good experiences and growing up to be good, healthy, you know, well-adjusted people. And so that was like maybe the biggest, my biggest mental block is just feeling like I can't, I can't have both. And so I, I will always choose my family. And so then when I was talking to my parents about everything and they're kind of brainstorming, you know, what are different things that you could do or whatever? My dad said, he said, Emma, I think you have a bigger earning potential, like the way that your personality is, wow. who you are, like you have a good earning potential and you should go for it. Mm -hmm. For me, that was, that meant so much to me. Like he had no idea that like, I had these insecurities for him. It's sort of like, well, of course you can do what you want to do, you know? But for some reason I had built these narratives in my head that like, if I were to pursue a career, that means I'm a bad mom. Him saying that made a big deal to me and felt like it kind of just gave me, and it, it kind of makes me annoyed that I'm like, gosh, I had to have my dad give me permission. Like, I wish I could be like more self-empowered to, to have done that myself. But I am so grateful that he said that. And it's helped me to feel like I can make those choices myself now. And I, I don't need permission. So funny because it's like the story is so, the, the two most important people that said things were my husband and my dad, you know, like the biggest men in my life were like, mm -hmm. you have the potential to do this for my dad and my husband saying like, you know, when I said, what if we spend the money on me? He's just like, I am all in. Like mm -hmm. I implicitly, like, I trust you. I think you can do this. And that was, you know, I, I just, I'm just so grateful for both of them for saying those things to me. That's so beautiful. I'm tearing up. I think just that picture that the man in your life from the beginning of your life, I mean, I don't know <laughs> how else to describe your dad. Their voices sometimes are the loudest, you know, yeah. and just having a man say like you as the woman in your marriage, you can do this. I see the potential in you. I believe in you. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, as a feminist, I'm like, yeah. gosh, I can't believe like it had to be that, but it's like, mm -hmm. 
does it have? I, I don't know. My husband and my dad are both feminists too. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, Clearly. So, <laughs> so they're and awesome. that's amazing too. <laughs> I, I just know that there are so many women out there who want that support from their father and maybe they're getting it from their partner. Maybe they're not, but that's beautiful. And is there anything you would say to, as a feminist, say to a woman who wants to be the breadwinner in their marriage or just be a really successful woman right now in their business in hopes that one day they can also be a super present mom? Is there anything you would say to them? Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say like, not everybody wants to do this. And I think when we get, you know, you and I, our world it's like all of our friends are doing this kind of thing probably for the most part. I mean, unless they're like longtime friends, but Mm -hmm. most of the time, like new friends that we make or people that we know, they're all doing this kind of thing. And I think sometimes it's easy to forget that not everyone wants this, you know, like Mm -hmm. I look at my sisters, none of them want to do this. They're like, I've seen what you do. And yeah, I don't want that. I don't feel called to do that. I am happy you know, my sister's a librarian at a private school and she's like, loves her life. And it's amazing. And like, just like all these different things where it's like, they feel called to do other things. And so I guess what, like in a roundabout way, what I'm trying to say is like, if you, if you don't feel that in other things that you've tried and you feel called to this, if you listen to these stories that Caroline tells with her guests and you're like, Oh my gosh, that sounds so cool. I would love to do that. And there's something that is like ringing true to you and your heart about, I think I could do this. Then like you can do it. Mm -hmm. If you don't feel that, I don't think you, (laughs) I don't think you should do it. Cause I don't think you would like it. But if you're (laughs) listening and you're like, that sounds so cool. I think I would love doing that it's possible. And it's, it's not that it's like easy, but no path that you choose in your life is easy. One. And two, it's like, sometimes, you know, I work from home. And so sometimes I'll, I'll hear my kids on the other side of the door and they're like doing something fun. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm missing out on like being there with my kids. And my husband has to remind me, you know, like you finish work at five o'clock, you open the door and you're with your kids for a few hours. That's way more than a lot of people can say who want to do this. And, you know, our balance is like, I don't know. I feel like I'm like going away from answering your question, but I guess like first, like it's possible. And second, like if you don't have the people in your life to support you in the dream that you're wanting to do, it's like be on the lookout for them because, Mm. because I think that they're there, you know, in like my cosmic understanding of the universe. Like, even if you don't have a a dad who says that kind of supportive thing to you, there are other people who can be part of your supportive family. Um, And there's been other people who, you know, have been in my life and they'll say things that make me feel like my, my business and what I want to do is small and kind of lame and Mm -hmm. just little. And then there's other people who are like, wow, like what you are doing is amazing for these reasons. Like, wow, like Emma, do you realize that like the work that you do is like, you are literally changing people's lives. And sometimes that's something that's hard for me to remember. That's something that I get down on myself because I'm looking towards like what I want to do next. And since I'm not there yet, it can feel really discouraging. Um, but people who are like, no, what you are doing is awesome. And you're at the beginning or the middle of your story. 
you're comparing yourself to people who are at the end, like those are the people that you want to surround yourself with. And even if, you know, you didn't, you weren't born into that, <laughs> into a family who already feels that way about you, mm-hmm. um, you can find that. Like even like my, my dad is awesome, but at the same time, a few months later, my family literally sat me down at Christmas time and they were like, so like, what's your backup plan? Mm-hmm. Like we just like, we're really worried about you guys. Understandably, like they were totally logical in what they were thinking, but they were just like, they, anyway, they, my family tends to like to play it safe and that's yeah. fine. Um, but they sat me down and like, they asked me what, what my backup plan was. And at the time I was still working with my coach and she had taught me like, do not, do not make a plan B, put everything into plan A. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't need a plan B. Plan A is going to work. And they were all, they all thought I sounded crazy. But um, <laughs> my husband, but then we like went back, my husband and I like went back to our bedroom and he was like, they have no idea what they're talking about. You're totally going to do this. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so it's just, I, anyway, I don't know if that helped. Hopefully that helps somebody out there. Yeah. I think that even helps paint the picture that there's no like perfect support system. It really comes down to you making that decision and you deciding to go all in and believe in yourself and really go for it. I love that. And like, and cultivating people, you know, it's like, like I, like my ears will like perk up when it's like, oh my gosh, like they're a supporter. And then I'm like, let's spend more time with them. <laughs> yes, yes. For real. And some people, they just don't know how to support you or, you know, they're just not ready for whatever reason. No, I think yeah. that's really insightful. Yeah. And that's okay. Is there a time in your business where you felt like you were coming out of survival mode and your business was really thriving? For me, it feels like at different seasons of my business, I've had moments where I've felt like, holy crap, like, I can't believe this is happening. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I had like that thriving fullness feeling, but it didn't necessarily mean like, oh, now my family is like financially stable, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it was like, things are happening. And I think like one of them, like I was talking about with the physical products that I sold, um, I... I decided to sell my um, styling products on Instagram live. And um, I hadn't seen anybody do that before. We've talked about this a lot before, Mm -hmm. but anyway, (laughs) you know everything about it. But like, um, anyway, I got off of that, off of that. And like, I hadn't been able to sell things before. And I got off of that and was like, Oh my gosh, I just made $700. And like, I think maybe 40 people attended. So it wasn't even like a ton of people, 40 total, not like 40 was there the whole time. There was like Mm -hmm. maybe around between nine and 11 there the whole time. Mm -hmm. And um, I got off of that and made $700. And that was something that like a few months before that, my coach had been like, let's make some revenue goals for next year. And I just like pulled a number out of the sky and was like, I don't know, $25,000 next year. And then I was like, that is so embarrassing. Like, I don't even know how to make $100, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know how to make $100 right now, especially because we were in a new place. So it's like, I didn't know anybody that I could do any kind of like floral design work for. So that was like this amazing breakout moment where it was like, okay, this is a different feeling. I'm not faking this anymore. 
I have something that people want Mm -hmm. and this is what it should feel like. And so like I had that moment and then, um, you know, there were some, uh, of, you know, maybe six or seven months later, I, I was really trying to get people into my coaching program. I I put together like this email sequence and a launch and, um, put together all these things and it did drive up the energy enough that like I got as many clients as I wanted. And I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm done taking clients right now because I want to work on this course and I want to spend the time on that. And I remember calling my husband into (laughs) the room that I was working in and I said, um, I said, I need to talk to you because he, after he quit his job, he was really, he was so supportive too, because immediately I was like, well, you need to find another like 40 hour a week job. Like we need to have this salary. We need to like, it needs to replace what you were doing before. And he was like, no, we just invested all this money in this coach. That means we're serious about you. So I need to give you as much time as possible to work. Like that is my goal is to like, you know, bring in some money that we need but mostly support you. And so he found, um, because we were in New York, he could get paid like a good amount of money to be a nanny. And so, and so he was a nanny, but he only worked like 20 or 25 hours a week. Mm -hmm. So I would wake up from like five, I wake up at 5am every day. Um, and I would work until two and Michael would put our son Arthur down for nap at noon. And then he would leave take the train and work until seven. Mm -hmm. And so I could work until two while Arthur napped. And then when he got up, then I was, then I would take care of him until Arthur went to bed. And then I would keep working after that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but like my husband, Michael had made sure to give me that time to work. Mm -hmm. Um, he was like, you need to put all like everything into this. And I was like, whoa, another time of like feeling that permission that like my time is worthy And like, um, if I put more time into it, like this is going to pay off later. So anyway, he had been doing this nannying job. And so I remember calling him in and I was like looking at my numbers. I'm working on getting this many clients, but in general, like, I think I can get paid more than you right now. Mm. If like, if, if you stop working the time that you're not working, I can make more money Mm -hmm. than you. And that was like a crazy, crazy moment Mm. to be able to like think that, to say that, to, you know, feel that. And I I think that's when I really felt like this is a serious thing. I mean, yeah, it was like, it was our only income source. Like Mm -hmm. since then we've never had any other kind of income source. And that was, I don't know, that was two and a half years ago now. So anyway, that, yeah, that was definitely a time where I, you know, it's not that it was like, oh, now we can travel wherever we want and do whatever we want all the time. But it was like, this is, you know, we're getting steady enough income and that had that thriving kind of feeling to me. Yeah. That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about your transition from doing your styling boards to coaching? Yeah. Yeah. I was basically just like, um, I just realized that I was kind of obsessive about it. And I had a couple of things that I felt like were unique to me. Um, Mm -hmm. 
which we've talked about before with like the heart story method. I mean, that was the main thing was that I was like, which is, you know, we draw from experiences from somebody's life and, and, and that makes the brand more powerful and have more depth and makes it easier to figure out what should we sell and when and why and whatever. Um, and so I felt like that felt really unique to me and something that I hadn't heard anybody else um, share and something that had been really powerful in creating my own brand. And so, um, so anyway, I felt confident that I wasn't just going to be like regurgitating things that I had heard or things that like my coaches had said or whatever. Cause I knew that if I wanted to do coaching, I really wanted to put my own spin on it and be, um, have something unique to offer. And I felt like that was it. And so, um, just like I, and I had lots of people asking questions like, how did you figure out how to do this? How did you do this? And whatever. And so I just put a call on Instagram and I was like, if anybody has any questions, I'd love to answer. And, um, and I also had, I also was doing market research and I was just asking questions about a new product that I had coming out. And I had, um, so between those two, one of them was like, one of them answered my Instagram call. And I answered a couple of her questions. And then I said like, oh, by the way, like I'm having this special as part of coaching, which sounds like, I was like, you can get this much off right now of calls. It's a special. And it's like, that's the first time I'd ever charged for calls before. Uh-huh. And she like totally went for it. And I was like, holy crap. I'm like, I'm making $75 an hour just talking on the phone. This is the best thing in the whole world. Um, and then, um, and then the other, the other woman that I worked with, uh, from the market research calls, um, I was just asking her questions and then it was just like, she was just like, I need help. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. And, um, and we went from there and I was like, well, here's my pricing and here's this and this. And she was like, yep, anything, whatever, whatever. I just need to work with you. Um, and then those first two clients like had some really huge transformational experiences. Like Mm -hmm. I put everything into working with them um, really tried to go above and beyond and come up with really specific, unique ideas to help each of them. And, um, they did, they did really well. And once, once their stories came out and started spreading, then like my name just started getting out there more. Yeah. That's so amazing. I remember being on my call with you Mm -hmm. and literally, I think I said on the call, wow, that's actually not that much. You were charging like (laughs) a norm. I mean, I'm sure it was the lower end because you were getting started, but I was so ready to work with you too because of, yes, your transformation. I had been following you for a long time and your client's transformations, and it was just a no-brainer. And I would have probably paid anything to work with you guys. <laughs> I love hearing that because, yeah, I mean, what's, that's, that's such a great thing to hear because to me, like, that was totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the money that I was charging every time I was just like, I can't believe I'm charging this. I hope nobody mm. finds out. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and like the, yeah, the worst thing to hear is like, that was way overpriced. So just like my worst fear, like that wasn't worth it. It's my worst fear to hear from people. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> So Emma, tell us a little bit about the aesthetic way, because I'm a part of it. It's an amazing program. Everything you teach in there is gold, especially the heart story part. Do you, did you call it the heart story method? Yes. Yes. That is my favorite thing ever. It was revolutionary for me and it made my business feel so good. The aesthetic way 
is my signature program. It is my big thing. It's everything that I believe that a creative needs to do in order to thrive as a business owner. You know, we often feel like creativity and business and marketing don't mesh very well. But what I found is that even though we speak different, the languages sound very different. There's a lot of connection at the deep root heart of everything, which is to me is all about human connection, building relationships, and really getting ideas out that matter. And so aesthetic way, the whole point of it is to like, help you be fluent in both of those things. And what I find is that when people come out of it, they, they really understand how the creativity and the business and marketing fit together so that they can really get out the things that they want to, that they need to not just do their work, but also like support themselves. How can everyone learn more about you? I have a free audio training for artists and creatives on my website, emmanatter.com. It'll like pop up on you. It'll be on the top bar. You can't miss it. And it's it's called how to get your work seen, um, understood and valued by anyone. Because I I find that most of the time we just feel invisible. Um, And so, and then I also have a free class series going on right now called Business Illuminated. And so you can just go to emmanatter.com slash business dash illuminated with like tons more lessons and different things that I've learned on my business journey. So good. Thank you so much, Emma. (laughs) Thank you so much, Carolyn. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode and I would love to keep the party going. So hit subscribe so you can stay caught up in learning about what it takes to grow a thriving creative business. Thank you so much for sharing this episode and leaving a review so that together we can help more creative entrepreneurs have an elevated launch mindset where they are confident about where their next client or sale will come from and they feel totally in love with their business. I will see you next week.